Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. God is such an amazing teacher. I don't know about you, but I think everyone on the journey is really trying to figure out how do I do God's will? How do I hear his voice? How do I discern the spirits? Why do I do the things that I do when I know that they're wrong or they're not bringing me closer to God? And there are books and things to study, but I just want to say that you kind of have to be in a certain place on your journey in order for all of this to start making some sense. Because if, and I did, by the way, if you try to do it too early and you don't have certain things established in your prayer life and where you are on the journey, it's not going to make sense to you. It's going to be very difficult because you're going to be in a different state. So first, again, God is so amazing as he is teaching me day by day, moment by moment, how I can control myself take captive my thoughts, as St. Paul says, and align everything to Jesus Christ and for my journey toward heaven every moment. We can do this. We just have to be aware of what is happening to us. And this weekend in my (laughs) my breakdown yesterday um, was one of those moments. So yesterday, I focused on really trying to examine my entire Sunday, my entire Saturday, and saw where I honestly ignored the spirit and where I didn't fall back on God and where I realized, oh my gosh, this is totally my bodily urge, or this is Satan trying to pull me in and I'm not fighting I'm just reacting. I'm not taking that moment to take take stock of what's going on, right? I'm just reacting to the feelings and the emotions. And I'm not owning and grabbing those thoughts and contemplating what's happening. So all day yesterday, I kept diving back into discerning spirits following St. Ignatius of Loyola's rules, rules 1 through 14. But I want to just say a couple things first before I dive into a few of the enlightening moments for me yesterday that may help you. I don't know. But I read in the readings today, Acts chapter 7, 
Oh my gosh, who doesn't love St. Stephen? After he says, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, this is the one sentence that jumped out at me. You always oppose the Holy Spirit. And that to me was not as if he was talking to the to the people who were persecuting all the prophets and putting them to death, I kept thinking, hmm, that jumped out to me that you're opposing me all the time. <laughs> I'm giving you some clear messages, honey, and you're just blowing by them. So you need to slow down and you need to take captive of your thoughts. And then when I read the psalm, this was the other thing. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. I know a lot in the Bible, and of course Jesus says that before he passes away. It's the last phrase before he surrenders to God. Lord, take my spirit. It's one of the last things that St. Stephen says too. But I look at it in the, in the psalm. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. And the first phrase starts, Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. You are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead and guide me. And there I go back to, For your name's sake, Jesus Christ the Redeemer, the powerful God who gave his life and beats Satan in all of these games. It's very, very in-depth to understand and discern spirit. So I won't be able to get into it in one podcast. Maybe I'll just do kind of a series of it. But let's just talk about the foundation that needs to be there and why in some cases you may be, I don't know, in consolation or in desolation and why we go in there. We'll, we'll talk about that over these next few days because I have received a lot of people asking me about supernatural spiritual experiences that I've been receiving and that I've lived on my journey, but also discernment of spirits. And I just want to say that there's a couple things that need to kind of be in your life. So let's talk about the fiat, right? I pray that everyone that listens to this or people that are concerning or debating, taking into consideration, that's the word I was kind of looking for, um, a life with God knows that there's a big change you have to make. You have to accept Jesus Christ as his, as God and all of his precepts. And honestly, the Catholic Church, the magisterium, the church that God handed to Mary that began when Jesus departed this earth, when Jesus came back, really, for the 50 days of Easter, when he was working and walking with the apostles, passing this along. That's so important. You can see throughout Acts that he comes through the breaking of the bread, we're going to get into the Bread of Life discourse soon. We're going to see the 
the words of the Lord saying, this is my flesh. You must chew it, gnaw on it, eat it. This is my blood. This is the purpose of the mass. This is the most beautiful sacrament because it's Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. They're waiting for us. That is why not going to mass every Sunday is a mortal sin. So for those of you who are borderline Catholics, those of you who are Christians that listen to this, I would honestly suggest that you take a little time and find out what this Catholic thing is all about. I'm telling you, when I first was hit by the Holy Spirit, my second weekend back at church after I floated out of that confessional on Divine Mercy Sunday, 26 years of not being in confession with many mortal sins on my soul, I had a supernatural, overwhelming experience. And that was when I noticed in my mind, logically, but also the fire in my heart from the Spirit, something's up with this Catholic Church. And I had to say that, oh my gosh, I don't want to be Catholic. I don't want to believe those rules. They're so rigid. How boring is it to live like that? I don't want to give up my drinking, my partying, all the stuff that I love or that I think is making me happy. So that's part of the journey. Part of the journey is is challenging your beliefs, challenging what you understand to be true today. What is truth, right? That's one of the biggest questions you should be answering. Truth is Jesus Christ. It's a person. Truth is the only way to get to heaven. And truth is the Catholic Church, which is very difficult for some people to accept. Trust me, I didn't want it to be true. I didn't want to get up every day, not every, every day. Jeez, in the beginning, it was just going on Sundays. I just got up, dragged myself, and went. And then I was hearing all these things that I was doing that were mortal sins. And I tried to change them myself. And I tried to make all these changes, everything. Pornography, self-gratification, um, let's see, smoking pot like an addict, which I was, drinking, way over drinking, a total drunkard. Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, I was, I stole when I was a kid. I didn't do that. Um, that was, thank, praise be to God. Once I got a house, I did not steal anymore, but I did go through that as a child. But my raunchy you know, use of God's name is in vain and just sexual jokes and my raunchy storytelling. I mean, I was like a dude. The stuff that came out of my mouth would make men blush. I had to look at everything in my life. Um, I believed in abortion, pro-choice. It's a woman's body. She should choose. I believed that birth control was okay. So as I continued down this path, everything that I thought was okay wasn't. So that is maybe where some of you are at. Maybe you are what they call a cafeteria Catholic, and you don't exactly believe in certain things. But the most important thing to believe is the Eucharist, because that's the second stage. So first you got to give your yes. Yes, I believe in the truth of Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. And for those who are not Catholic, get out there and start doing some research, not on your denomination's websites, but go to the search, why Catholicism? 
why do Catholics believe this? Why do Catholics believe that? And there will probably take you to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which I say is the most beautifully written document that has explanations for everything. Why do we believe these certain things? And so a lot of the sexual morality items and issues were things that I had to really get over and to understand logically, but then also ask the Lord to take me to the truth. So that's number one, your yes to Jesus and your yes to the truth. And if you're not fully believing, it's going to be difficult. And oh, by the way, you also have to be on the road toward being better. I was constantly falling into mortal sin after mortal sin after falling again, falling again, falling again, falling again. And I was trying to make these changes on my own. That's why I kept falling. I was thinking that I don't have any other choice but to do these myself. At that time, I didn't have a relationship with God. I did not have a prayer life. I certainly, I was barely even talking to him, let alone sitting down in meditation for a half an hour a day at a minimum. I wasn't seeing him and hearing him in everything. Things were changing. My life was changing. Fruits were being, you know, born out of my behavior. It was visible to people, but I didn't know what was happening to me. So that's the other thing is is a prayer life, a true, deep prayer life. And that takes commitment and that takes time. And I'm going to give you a heads up because the minute you commit, you are going to be attacked. You are going to say, I'm going to get up 30 minutes, 15 minutes before starting tomorrow. You're going to be all excited and jazzed, or you're going to start looking up stuff on the Catholic faith and this devil and all of his little minions are going to put in a hundred reasons why not, why you shouldn't get up. It's cold out there. You're tired. You have a long day. You can't do this. And that's what we call desolation. And that is when we have to fight through it. You don't make big decisions or make changes in your spiritual life when you're in desolation. So you say, you know what? I don't care if it's cold out there. I committed to myself yesterday spiritually that I'm going to do this. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to go pray for 15 minutes. That's it. You just override it, whether you want to or not. And that was where I was struggling. Remember a couple couple weeks ago, right after Easter, where I heard God telling me, hey, I want you to start exercising. And I started for a couple of days. And then the third day, I found another excuse and another reason. And then I pushed it off to the end of the day. And then it didn't happen. And then two days went by. And, and then I'd go back. And I'm like, Lord, what is happening? So this is <laughs> this is just a daily constant review. And I'm, I'm actually going through the examine more than it during the evening. I used to do it the day after and go through my day, but now I am taking noon. When noon comes, I take a moment and I reflect, how did I pray? What did I do? Why did I do that? Where was God? Where wasn't God? Where was I ignoring him? Where was Satan? Did I use my tools? This is when discernment of the spirits becomes a lifestyle. This is when you live this way and you begin to control and take your thoughts captive. Your thoughts are not 
always your thoughts. God is never rude, never jealous, never envious, never cutting you down. God loves you more than you could ever imagine. And those are the thoughts that he continues to put into your heart and into your mind. If we allow it, if we don't let the other voices win by not delivering them and not filling our minds with the faith, hope, and love of God. And then the last part of kind of in this stage is to be self-giving and have a little bit of self-denial. It's that bodily mortification, which I felt God calling to me a while back. Like I don't have much control over my urges. If I want to have some wine, I'm going to have some wine. If I want to eat, I'm going to eat. And, and I wasn't, wasn't really going through much sacrifice and self-giving for the love of God, not just sacrifice for sacrifice's sake, because I don't control myself, but to turn it around and make it all about my love of God. So if these are some areas that you are struggling in, I would suggest start focusing on them because it's really important to give that yes to God. Know that Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life, that you should be Honestly, I know we don't have this right now, and this is one of the struggles. And I think this is why a lot of people are, are really having problems during this quarantine, because we are not able to have that sacramental life. We're not able to go to Mass. I was a daily Mass goer. I'm dying to get back to receive the Eucharist. I'm doing my best to receive it spiritually through the Mass online. No question. I'm going every day. But it's not the same and then, of course, reconciliation. So as we continue to identify all of these venial sins, including mortal sins, if we keep falling into them, and that's, that's fine. That's what this beautiful sacrament's there for. Run to God. Do not think that he doesn't love you. Do not think that he is mocking you and thinking you're never going to be holy because that is not God's voice. That's the devil's voice. That's pre-programmed trauma that might be playing again from our early ages as a kid. There's so much in play here and our mind can, can mess us up if we don't pay attention. And again, get into prayer. You've got to reflect. You have got to look back on your days, your hours, your minutes. Where did I fall? What did I do? I went through almost everything this weekend, and I was so grateful. Every moment that you see God and every moment that you notice that you are not living according to his will or his desire, then thank him. This shouldn't be a beat-up session, by the way. When you're going through the exam and it's not, where did I fail? It's thanking God for enlightening you and being there and enlightening you when he was there and giving you that moment to say, oh, that was God. You know those moments when you know that was God. Thank you, Lord. We got to thank him. And then when it was a moment where we just kind of walked away from him or completely ignored him, we have to thank him too. Thank you for giving me the light to see what I'm not doing right. And it's not a punishment. It's a learning. That's why this is a journey. If you don't think that I'm going to come back and probably cry to you two days from now, <laughs> you're nuts, right? I mean, this is just the battle. And I know the more that we walk down this path, the more we strive to be holier, the more we want to be by God and be as good as we can be. We strive to be saints. And this is a daily battle. 
it's moment by moment, y'all. We gotta fight the fight. And when we continue to use the tools and we continue to identify when the Satan comes and when our own thoughts get out of control and when our body starts fighting against us, we can control it. We have the tools through deliverance and through the blessings of the Lord. We can get ourselves through desolation because we're going to be out of it. Sometimes it feels like we're never going to be out of it, but we will. We have to have that faith. There's so much to learn. Okay, and then the Lord took me to Ephesians chapter 5. Everything is rooted in scripture. So that's one thing I want to ask. If you are not reading the Bible, and by the way, I wasn't much of a Bible reader. I hadn't picked up a Bible or read it in 43 years. All I did was listen in mass every Sunday for a couple of years, a year and a half. And I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> I didn't know ever hear these stories before because when I was there, I was trying to entertain myself, paying attention to little kids and people just distracting me throughout mass. So I will recommend one thing. If you are not a reader, download the audio Bible. It has music and sound effects. It only is the New Testament but that's pretty important. Um, and you can download it at downloadjesus.com. It's the Truth and Life audio Bible, and it was a game changer for me. And don't be frustrated as you read it when you don't understand things, because God will give you eyes and ears at the time that you need it. Some things I'm still opening my eyes to, like, oh my gosh, I've watched or I've read that, I've listened to that, I've heard that in, um, mass a million times and now it makes so much sense to me and my life and how I can apply it so it was funny I was kind of sitting there thinking okay how can I make sure that I'm a light to others and exhibit this this goodness and this righteousness and this truth because you know you all know how raw I am and how honest I am and I want to tell you when I fall and I want to tell you when I find these beautiful moments of truth and my, and be a witness to the journey. The journey is why we're walking together, people. So Ephesians chapter five, everybody read this, please. No matter where you're at, watch carefully then how you live, not as a foolish person, but a wise one, making the most of the opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, and by the way, whenever you see therefore, you got to ask, what's it there for? I digress. Therefore, do not continue in ignorance, but try to understand what is the will of the Lord. This last verse 18 just smacked me in the face. And do not get drunk on wine, which lies in which lies debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and playing to the Lord in your hearts. Give thanks always. And for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Wow. This is all about light. We are the light, but we got to watch carefully how we live. 
don't be stupid and foolish, right? And just kind of go along the way. We've got to make the most out of the opportunities that we have in front of us because the days are evil. Therefore, don't continue to be ignorant. Go do your research. Go study how to discern spirits. Study the Catholic faith. Study those four things that you might be struggling with and try to understand what is the will of the Lord. And don't get drunk on wine in which lies debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. I read that yesterday, and I'm telling you, my heart almost exploded. I had that whoosh come from the Holy Spirit, and it was a moment of clarity. Because I know that once I continue to drink too much wine, now I, I, am, I am refusing to not drink wine. <laughs> this is not what I'm after. I am not after a part where I say, I don't want to drink any wine anytime. I do, but I want to enjoy it in the way that it is to be enjoyed in that beautiful moderation, in that full temperance and self-control where I can just look at Satan and say, yeah, I'm not going to get two glasses in and have two more. And then all of a sudden eat the row of Oreos and go through the house or say something stupid, you know, or regret something that I do because I have put myself over that limit, over that, over that line. So that's where I'm at. Anyway, and it, and it continues on, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and playing to the Lord in our hearts. Everything comes from the heart. All of our actions, all of our thoughts, all of our words. We should constantly be praying as I continue to do for that purity of heart because that's where everything comes from. And then always give thanks for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Everything we do should be in him, with him, and through him. And all of our gratitude up to the Father in his name. If you, if you recall throughout Mass, it's always in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always. <clears throat> and every time that they say that, anytime they say Jesus Christ, I've gotten into the habit of bowing my head because every knee, every head should bow in the name of Jesus. It's a, it's a beautiful way to pay that homage to the man, the, the God man who came down and saved us. Wow. This is a long one. This is much longer than 10 minutes, but I hope that this gives you hope and makes you kind of Look at where you're at spiritually on your journey because it is amazing when you make this progress and you learn these things, not only in your head, but in your heart. And you learn how to love God and you learn how to live with God, not just for God. And you understand his full, constant, ultimate, incomprehensible love for you that all he wants to do is bring you closer to him. But you must draw near. When you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. And when that happens, the devil is going to flee. I'm going to leave you with one more thing. Mental prayer. I've mentioned this before, but it's so important. We all must pray mental prayer every day. St. Augustine said, you will not be saved if you do not pray. That's key. Number two. St. Alphonsus Liguori says, if you do not practice mental prayer, Christian meditation, you cannot avoid sin. Number three, St. 
Teresa of Avila says that when you practice mental prayer, uh, Satan knows that he's lost your soul. How cool is that? And then number four, St. Teresa of Avila also says that when you practice mental prayer, you open the gateway to the other seven levels of prayer. And who doesn't want that? Mental prayer is only level two. There's only nine levels. And we want to be at that perfect union with God. Don't you want to be in these, in these moments of ecstasy and things that you hear the saints well, these saints were normal people, y'all. Not all of them were religious Carmelites, although those are the ones I'm studying. St. John of the Cross, um, you know, St. Teresa of Avila, just because I know that they're deep. They're deep and they're, they're knowledgeable when it comes to praying. Okay, wow, long one. But what a difference a day makes. What a difference a day made in terms of me committing to looking back and learning when we just blow through life, we can get frustrated. And by the way, that is the devil's second way <laughs> of kicking us off the spiritual path. First is fear, anxiety, worry. And the second one is frustration. Because all he wants to do is keep us away from God. So he's going to frustrate us because we're too distracted during prayer. He's going to frustrate us because we can't get a practice in place. He's going to frustrate us because we're, you know, we're reading things in the Bible and we're not understanding them. You know, I'm just too stupid. I'm never going to be holy. And that is such a lie. The, de the devil is a liar and a thief. And he steals our, our peace and our love and our hope and our joy. And those are given to us from God. All right, everyone. I love you all. Sorry for this being so long. And I hope you have a blessed and inspired day. Have hope, have faith, have love in God, in Jesus Christ, who's the Redeemer, who's going to get you through whatever it is that you're struggling with, as long as you ask. Remember, I kept falling and falling and falling until I finally realized, wait, I need God. I don't even know how to pray. I mean, don't be thinking that I just kind of got here because I didn't, I had to put in the work. It's a, it's a, you know, active participation. So I'm not speaking as if I'm there. I'm just beginning. And it is the coolest thing ever. Actually, seeing Satan at work and calling him out on it is so rewarding. <laughs> I'm telling you, I had a beautiful day yesterday because he was all over me all over me, did not want me to read this book. Did Oh, and by the way, there was, there's a book. Um, sorry, I should have, I should have mentioned that to you. It is by Dan Burke, Spiritual Warfare and the Discernment of Spirits. I know there's one out there by Father Gallagher, but that one to me was a little bit too wordy. I mean, this one by Dan Burke is very simple. Um, and in some cases, I think it's too simple. So even he admits that it's kind of your introduction to discernment of the spirits, and then you should go into the other books. But hey, it's a great start. And it kind of illustrates the different, you know, rules, if you will, that are out there that we need to that that don't, you don't just go into one rule, you're in another rule, you're in another rule, all the rules overlap at all times, with the exception of rule number one, which is about if you're in and out of mortal sin, 
this is what happens. But rule two through 14 are when you're trying to be better, when you're heading down the path of holiness and, and trying not to sin and you're beyond sort of that, that mortal sin, but you still fight with the venial sin. Wow, this was a long one. I love you all. Have a blessed and inspired day and be excited about the journey and all of the learnings and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you where you need to go next. All right, everyone, I love you. Have a blessed and inspired day.